You're listening to Resurrection Life Podcast with your host, Father Steve Matson and Richard Budd, the podcast of the Church of the Resurrection in Lansing, Michigan. In today's episode, we talk about the aftermath of Proposition 3 and preparing for Thanksgiving. We hear our reflection on what is heaven, and we listen to a song by Philomena Castriciano called Lucy. Welcome to Resurrection Life Podcast. Well, welcome back to another episode of Resurrection Life Podcast. This is your host, Richard Budd, and with me, as always... Father Steve. How's it going? It's going well. We're in the uh, the mid-November. That's kinda. right. I, I, I don't really like November, I'll just be honest. Well, um, it makes sense to me that it's the month of the dead. I actually um, think that this fall has been, I know we always talk about the weather, but it's been about as nice as I remember in my life. It's warm. It's warm. And the, the, leaves, the leaves were remarkably, yeah. they, they stayed a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, but the changing of the seasons, I love. Yeah, there's a, I love the smell of the, the falling leaves. Like yeah, that just, yeah. it, and, it just and, hits that part of your brain that... Wood smoke just oh, yeah. for outside, people outside with fires, and some people shh, don't tell anybody burning leaves. Right? <laughs> it's a great smell. It is, um, but still, I hate November. It just is a. I'll it, let you. It's I'll let you. I, I give you that freedom. It's all about freedom. <laughs> right? uh, we're recording this uh, podcast just before the vote on Proposition Three. Right. So we're speaking to you in the future. You know how it ended up. We don't. Um, the Lord knows. The and, Lord and knows. And he's not at all concerned. Worried about he's, it. He's not yeah. jumping for joy. He's not weeping about that. Uh, he's, no, he's no longer weeping, although he does feel the ache for those who are suffering yeah. in any way mm-hmm. in the sun. Yeah. And so that's that's what we wanted to talk about for a little bit is... Listen, regardless of what the vote was, the outcome, the the work still remains. You know, the work of caring for the least of these, the work of mercy, well, and healing. And bearing, bearing, bearing testimony to the dignity mm-hmm. of the human person exactly. from conception to natural death. Mm-hmm. And uh, the fact is, if, let's, let's just imagine we won, all right? I'm sure that our political enemies, as it were, hate us even more. Mm-hmm. And there's probably been some violent outbursts. And uh, they may be wanting to pounce uh, or to secede. Who knows what is going through their minds? Mm-hmm. So now if they won, they are, we may have a chance to convert their hearts more effectively, mm-hmm. which is interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Because they won't, they, they got what they wanted. They got more than they will have wanted. That's my thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think, as I said in a homily uh, in a couple of weeks before the, the election, that I think one of the reasons the Lord may have allowed, or you might say may, oh, <laughs> we, we think may still allow, <laughs> may have allowed from all eternity, uh, the, the proposal to pass is so that hearts could be converted mm-hmm. 
And I think our call is to bear witness to the truth, to love the least of these, to mm-hmm. love our enemies, and do good to those persecutors. Because that's going to be the agenda no matter what. Love is still the, the playbook for the Christian. Two commands. Yeah. Love God, love one another. That's it. So, you know. Uh, and, and, and the watchword is how do we love our enemies? Yeah. That's Do the we love text. our enemies, right? Yeah. That, that's the. What, what did Jesus say? Even the sinners love those who love them. <laughs> so right. it's not much of credit. That's right. it's not really a sign that Christ has been uh, effective in your life. It's, yeah, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. That has to do with mm-hmm. loving enemies, doing yeah. good to those who persecute us. One of the things that we've just been so uh, impressed by at the Chancery is the the way that people have risen to the occasion. I agree. We have had thousands of volunteers across the diocese that have knocked on doors, made phone calls, donated money, et cetera, to try to, to win the campaign. And so our real message is don't go away. Like, well, that's right. Let's continue to work for the, the conversion of hearts. Let's continue to support mothers in need. Um, and, and we're working on some, I may have mentioned this before, we're working on some initiatives at the, at the diocese that's kind of in response to the Roe v. Wade going away and this, and this proposal that I can't really talk about just, just yet, but that's going to require the pro-life response that we've seen over the last several months to continue. I do, I do feel uh, good about the fact, you know, really the bishop led, the chancery staff led, and I think the people in the parishes, our parish included, have responded to it. Uh, I think we would have had regret had it gone down to a narrow defeat and us have left stuff on the field, mm-hmm. right? We, we don't want to, we don't want to leave, we want to put it all out on the field. Yeah. We don't want to leave it on the sidelines. And I, I think while we could have all done something more, even if, we were defeated in this effort. Uh, we were faithful in executing our responsibilities from the from the bishop on down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the bishop. The, the other uh, the other day, and I told the bishop, when I get to the pearly gates, I want to be able to tell our Lord I did everything I could. Yeah. And if it fails, then I can still sleep peacefully at night, knowing that I did. Well, and and what you mean by that is. Uh, you did everything that was reasonable for you to be able to do, given uh, being a husband, father. Yeah, I responded to my right. call. You responded in a to your way. call, and and so this is the same thing about if we're trying to preach and evangelize. If we believe in a hell, how can you sleep? Well, well the fact is, we don't have an option but to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Right? I've been made a certain right. way, so we have to live in light of the constraints and the reality. But it doesn't mean that if you cared more, you would have yeah. worked nonstop. You wouldn't have been able to. No. And so we do what we can. We respond to the call, as you said. And yeah, that's, that, that's really the invitation from the Lord with regard to every challenge in yeah. our lives. The attitude of like, well, working nonstop, I feel like that's almost a Pelagian mm-hmm. approach because it doesn't have that response to like the, the famous line from John the 23rd. He would go to bed at night and say, I'm going to sleep at your church. That's right. And at the end of the day, success or failure does not depend on you. That's right. That's, I, and I do think that that is the formula for peace. I mean, uh, for us to trust and to entrust, right? Mm-hmm. So we, we obviously have gifts and we want to be as good a stewards of those as we can at the time, the talents, the treasure. Uh, but obviously the 
evangelizer, the converter of hearts, is the Holy Spirit. And we can pray and we can do what we can, but we can't change hearts. Yeah. Not by pulling levers. No. So um, building a, a, a promoting, a, a culture that promotes life, um, not only in, in action, but also in the choices we make in our daily life. You know? That's right. Um, uh, a, a, a culture that's focused on the family that's focused on bringing new life into the world, that's focused on uh, care for the dying. Like, you know, all, you yep. know, the dignity of the whole person um, is really going to be, at the end of the day, what converts hearts. Yeah, we're, um, we're really trying to figure out in conjunction with the St. Vincent de Paul Society, this is not distinctly about uh, those that, uh, who are tempted uh, to abort, but just who are struggling with navigating the challenges of life. We've, we've found there are homeless individuals or people who are on the margin who just don't know how to make basic decisions, uh, self-interested decisions, how to get out of bed in the morning, how to, how to make uh, the calls to pursue the employment that is available mm-hmm. if they can just stay drug-free and show up on time. And, uh, you know, we're trying to figure out structures. We can't change those hearts, but we want to figure out ways to do that. And I know that the diocese is talking about ways that we can help those women and girls who are in those crisis pregnancies, walking with mothers or something like that. Walking with moms in need. Walking with moms in needs. We need to do that more. And I think that that's going to be the thing that is going to help us evangelize those who right now are kicking signs that say, fight like heaven. They're just angry at really the Lord, I think, ultimately. this They're just angry that the world does not conform to their desires. Mm-hmm. And so they don't have the hope that we have. So let's figure out how to live with hope and then scaffold and support. And as our Holy Father says, accompany those, whether they're pregnant girls or women or they're homeless men or women who just need some some guidance and some wisdom as they, they navigate the challenges. Yeah, because, you know, a lot of the times we get accused of being only pro-birth and that we don't really care. Now, we all know that that's kind of a baseless argument. Right. But the fact that's, that there are those that believe it means that we've got some work to do in building that culture of life that is well understood and well known. Yeah, and and I I tell you one of the things that would be wonderful is good Catholic families to be willing to be foster kids. Mm-hmm. Now that's a challenge. If you've got kids of your own and you bring these other kids in, uh, it, there's a lot of uncertainty there, and I understand the reluctance. So maybe it's those who are empty nesters who think about having, and you might say, "Oh, that would be horribly challenging." But how do we help these? Uh, adolescent uh, boys and girls who haven't been helped by a culture that has lost its way. Yeah. So uh, regardless of what happened uh, a That's week right. or so ago, um, the, the, the plan stays the same. We're gonna and, and I mean, we're presuming, right, that the, that the ballots have all been counted. Yeah, let's hope. I mean, <laughs> this, 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 is, this is the interesting thing about our, our world right now. Back in my day, yeah. the ballots were done on the day. I know, the I know. It's just, who knows what potential legal challenges are going on. And that doesn't mean that, that uh, I, I, I do uh, 
hope and pray that the whatever the outcome, it will be seen as legitimate by those who mm-hmm. quote unquote won and those who lost. Yeah. My first vote was Bush versus Gore. Is that right? And so I voted and then there was no decision. I got up early the next morning to find out who was the president and found out we still didn't know. Like and, that was and, the first time that like you and, didn't and, know. And the, uh, you may not remember the phrase, but the hanging chads. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you count the hanging chads? Oh my goodness. <laughs> All right. Well, let, you know, let's move um, uh, to our next topic. The, uh, the upcoming holidays, Thanksgiving Day. Okay. This tends to, I don't know. I feel like this is the holiday that everybody forgets exists. Well, I, I well, I'll say this: that I think this is the holiday that uh, many families enjoy the most because yeah. it's got no. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not going to say that the families don't get together and argue on, but there's a sense in which it isn't about what did I get, mm. right? It's not about gifts; it's about giving God thanks. And there is something about smelling the turkey and the, eating yeah. the stuffing and. I think this is the holiday that we need the most, where you're actually grateful for what yeah, you already I, have. I, I, that's right. You know, and it's the one that I feel like gets overlooked. It's like Christmas starts on November 1st and lasts until December 25th when it's actually the opposite of the way it that's, should be. That's, that's a good point. And I, we tend to just overlook Thanksgiving uh, until Wednesday before, and then we forget about it Friday morning because we got to go to the stores. and, and Yeah, and, yeah, Black Friday. So... I think if we could build a Thanksgiving culture a little bit more. Um, well, I mean, that, that's, that's the Catholic uh, faith, right? Yeah. Eucharist is Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And so um, having that, that gratitude. I, I do think that uh, we don't know what this year is going to be uh, like in terms of heating and affordability of fuel and things like that. There's, there's a lot of... Uh, dire prognostications about Europe that may have an effect over here as well. I think one of the reasons that we may not be enjoying Thanksgiving as much is because we have uh, an abundance of uh, resources. Mm. And so scarcity leads to gratitude in a way that surplus does not. And uh, I'm not asking for us to have a shortage so that we can increase in gratitude, but that's that's one of the silver linings of uncertainty and uh, lack. Yeah, there is a line um, from early in his pontificate. Pope Francis said that he wished for a poor church. And at the time, I was just like, I don't want that. (laughs) Um, But as I've had time to, to reflect on it, I think that's, there's something about when the church isn't, the church in particular, but like people in general, when there's no suffering, there's a loss of appreciation for things as they are. Well, I, I, I do think uh, Tertullian, I think it was, who said uh, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. And we don't have to get to that place, no. but that, that sense of suffering. If I am suffering for my faith, this is uh, Rod Dreher's point in Live Not By Lies. If I am suffering for my faith, uh, others will see that suffering and wonder why I would undergo it voluntarily mm-hmm. and not throw in the towel. It's, it's why the, the apostles who testified to the resurrected Christ uh, 
have, um, it is their testimony. It would have been easy to say, ah, it was just a ruse. We were just kind of making it up. But they died yeah. for the truth. Mm-hmm. So, so the, if, if anything, I think the, the financial difficulties, the prices going up, maybe that can lead to, to more of a, a gratefulness. But and, and just one more thing to be thankful for. We've got this 100th anniversary dinner on the 19th of November. And there may or may not still be tickets available. But 100 years we've been here in the heart of the city of Lansing. And uh, we're going to spend the evening on the 19th just giving thanks to God and recalling the goodness of the Lord to us and eating some good food and good drink. Will there be a program for the night or just a dinner? Yeah, it's, it's a... Uh, uh, relatively brief program. We'll have a video presentation. We'll have some some people sharing some reflections who graduated from the school. Uh, I'll ask some of the former uh, priests who've served here to share, and I'll, I'll share a little bit myself. We'll have hopefully a couple of uh, different scholars sing some music, oh. and uh, it'll be a nice evening. Okay. So if you haven't gotten your tickets yet, That's right. call up the church office. That's right. Okay. Yep. Or you can get any that may still be available online. Okay. Well, uh, do you have any final kind of thoughts before we wrap up? Well, I think what we did prior to Proposal 3, praying the rosary every day, uh, is a good habit. Not necessarily a 54-day novena, but just to keep praying. Mm -hmm. Praying that we would have wisdom to know what it is our Lord wants of us and uh, to entrust those we love to our mother who never stops praying for us. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't, our kids are a little bit too young to fit in all five decades. And so we were just doing one decade with them, but they, they did great. So yeah, that's, that's I wonderful. When we do what we can, it, yeah. that's, that's the other thing. You know, you know, people might feel like, all right, I missed a few days. You don't have to do three rosaries in a day. You just, it's all. I gotta, I gotta get them all back. Get, 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 get it kind of, well, I mean, I, I think we do what we can and the Lord understands the existential limitations. We get back to the start. You do what you can. You do what you're called to. Mm-hmm. And I think we intend to uh, join that novena. And for those of us who are able to do that day in and day out, that's a great grace. But if you say to yourself, I wasn't able to do it, you intended to do and you did. What do you want to do? You wanted to give it to the Lord and to Our Lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we entrust everything we do to them. Uh, so do we have a, a, a schedule for the Thanksgiving Day Mass? I think what we usually do, and I, I don't think we've made any changes, it'll be the regular 815 Mass that day. So you'd so be welcome such a, to join us. Such huh? a great way to, to start the day. Yeah, right. Get that over with. and uh, Eucharist means Thanksgiving. So That's right. All right. Well, uh, for another week, this is Rich. And Father Steve. God bless. God bless. All of us have been created by God, and our final destination is meant to be heaven. But what is heaven? In the following reflection from Sean O'Neill, we explore what we can expect in the hereafter if we are holy enough to enter into paradise. What is heaven? When we begin our journey in the Christian life, Our hope is that we will eventually reach heaven. All of the Christian life is aimed at this one goal. But what is heaven? What happens when we die? And what will we be able to do when we get there? Heaven is not heaven without God. He is the real reason why we want to get there. 
it's not just that we will experience intense pleasure and heavenly bliss for all eternity. The main experience we will have of heaven is the encounter with the God who made us. All of us have been created with a longing for complete union with the Father. It's like an itch that we can't satisfy with anything other than God. And so our hope is not just for the pleasure experienced by those who enter heaven and find that, as it says in Revelation 21, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning or crying or pain any more, for the former things have passed away. We're not just hoping for that blessed state. We're hoping in a person. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. 1 Corinthians thirteen twelve. And this is the true bliss of heaven, complete union with the one who created us out of love. So what do we know about the life in the hereafter? When we die and are judged according to how we have led our life, our soul goes to heaven, hell or purgatory, each of which is a physical place. St Thomas Aquinas says that the way in which a spiritual thing, for example a soul, can inhabit a physical place like heaven is not clear to us, but the fact that it does so is certain. Heaven, hell and purgatory are special places with definite limits, not within the earth, but, according to Scripture, beyond its limits. All further details regarding where they are located are unknown, and the Church has nothing further to say on this. In heaven, the just will see God directly, clearly and distinctly. To enable us to see God, God will supernaturally perfect our ability to see the beatific vision in which God opens himself in an inexhaustible way to the elect will be what the Catechism calls the ever-flowing wellspring of happiness, peace and mutual communion. That beatific vision cannot be attained through the power of created nature, of angels as well as of men, but is granted by God. Although we will see God, we will not fully understand him as he understands himself. We will no longer be able to commit even the slightest venial sin because every wish, impulse and decision will be inspired by love of God. In heaven there will not be the least pain or sadness. We will delight in the company of Christ, the angels and the saints and in the reunion with so many who were dear to us on earth. We will see each other and rejoice in the company of those whom death has separated from us. We will love God for his own sake and rejoice in him because of his infinite goodness, but also because he is the source of our happiness, which will be everlasting. We will rejoice over the supernatural virtues that adorn our soul, we will derive great pleasure from the contemplation of all those things, both created and possible, which we see in God. And after the last judgment, the new heaven and the new earth will give us particular joy. 
And we will at last understand all the mysteries that we believed while on earth. We also know that heaven is a place where every tear will be wiped away. The pain of loss, bereavement, disenfranchisement, poverty, persecution and injustice, drought and famine will be taken away. The pain of humiliation, of being bullied by another, of personal hurt, irrevocable loss, insult and rejection will be obliterated. The stains of our sin, our sexual impurity, our ruthlessness, our unfairness to our family, friends and neighbours, our self-destruction through alcohol, drugs, lust, our violent temper, our smouldering rage, our cruelty, our murder, either directly or through character assassination, our vengefulness, our backbiting and gossip, blasphemy and sacrilege, our dishonesty, avarice and lying, and all the things that make us despise ourselves will be burnt up in the crucible of God's love. All of the suffering from our physical and mental illness, our doubt and fear, our psychological tortures, the terrors of the night, the hunted feeling, persecution by devils, the pain of maiming, wounds, injuries, viral sickness, arthritic conditions, skin complaints, organ malfunctions, cancer, AIDS and every other disease of the body or mind will be healed instantaneously by Christ's healing touch as he reaches out his hand and says, think no more about that. And in their place, what? A world of a new dawn, like being born all over again. We will awaken on that blessed morning free at last. Nothing will trouble our minds. We will walk with Christ and know God as he truly is, not in our earthly shadowy way, but looking at him full in the face. And we will see in his returning gaze only love, unconditional and pure, overwhelming and profound and directed fully upon us. It will be a new day, more glorious, ravishing and bracing than we could ever even come close to grasping in this life. And within us, we will feel that sense of fulfilment that at last makes us laugh with sheer exuberance and exclaim, I was made for this. All of our family members who have passed on to heaven before us will come en masse to greet us and we will look at them in amazement and see them as they really are. Their joy will be complete as they welcome us the one we've all been praying for, into their company. Our friends will be there, and we will see hitherto unimagined depths to their characters. There will be no embarrassment or awkwardness or suspicion or the distance of otherness that always existed in our relationship. We will be united together at a level we never thought possible, even for our closest earthly friendships. Our spouse sons, daughters, mother, father, brothers and sisters will be there to greet us and that too will be like a coming home to the bright hearth of comfort and of consolation after the years of toil. There will be a heavenly feast just like there was for the prodigal son. 
The Father himself will order the festivities, and all because you have arrived, and you have come home. It will be just like that parable in Luke chapter 15. The Father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his finger and shoes on his feet, and bring the fattened calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. With all this in mind, maybe we need to ask ourselves some tough questions. How much of a priority is it for me to get to heaven? If I want to get to heaven, what am I doing about it? Am I leading the kind of life that will prepare me for entry into the heavenly courts? Or do I straddle the world and the kingdom of God? How much is my sin an obstacle to reaching my final destination with God? Let's today recommit ourselves to living a life of virtue and pursuing the narrow path towards holiness. Let's pray. Father God, you created me out of love. You created me to be fully united with you in heaven. Give me the grace to lead a virtuous life. Help me to give up the false comforts that this world offers and instead choose you. Help me to conform my life to the values of your kingdom and to place you first in my life. Give me the grace to die in your favour so that I may be welcomed into heaven and live with you forever. Amen. We finish this episode with a song by Philomena Castriciano called Lucy. See, lead 
hope you have enjoyed this episode of Resurrection Life Podcast. Please tune in next time for more conversation, reflections, and Catholic culture. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to drop us a line to give us feedback or suggest future topics to feature, write us at podcast at corelancing.org. You can find the Church of the Resurrection online at corelancing.org. Thanks for listening, and God bless.